The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Breeze Nation, what is good? It's your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again. Joined by the pettiest man alive. Mr. P-Kid is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Squad, 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 squad. We got a jam-packed show for you guys today. Nate Davis returns to practice. Also got to look at the reaction from what we saw, where the Bears improved most just from what we saw on that Saturday game. I mean, listen, offense looks good. Defense has eight sacks. An interesting stat that uh, I think we can all draw conspiracy theories lines to. So we'll do that. Also, uh, James Harden in the fat suit is coming back, so we got to get into that. And people are talking about could he possibly work for the Chicago Bulls. That's gross. Uh, we'll talk about all that more in today's episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. It's the only channel talk Chicago sports, how Chicago talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. I have had a jam-packed weekend, and I am glad to just talk in sports, dog. Because, like, man, it's uh, it's been, it's been a weekend, dog. I had a golf event Sunday for content creators for uh, just another year, hosted that. Nick Rody hosted that. Shout out to Nick. Saturday, nonstop Bears content, nonstop running around. Had to do the show over on ESPN. Uh, I'm going to flex when I can. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but we got so much that's been going on. I'm glad to just get back to the base. Ken, what's going on, man? How was the weekend? Hey, man, not as eventful as yours. Hardest man, hardest working man in the building. I see you. I see you. Salute to you. Salute to you. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, Bears just signed Mikael Walker. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. We signed uh, signed a linebacker. Another linebacker. Anyway, but no, great to be back. You know, we give them this daily content. Y'all know what we do. This daily show is back. So I'm I'm happy that y'all are migrating over, especially before the season. You know, it's going to be busting during the season. Let's give them a good show. Yeah, for sure, man. Hey, listen, uh, let's jump straight into this, right? Because Flex. first first things first, um, just just some some news here, of course. Chicago Bears do sign Mikael Davis. Uh, he played 12 games for the Falcons last season. There is a reason that he is not with the team. Uh, but the Bears are still looking for that linebacker depth, right? They got three spots pretty much solidified. You're heading into that fourth spot, maybe with a little bit of a question 
on who's going to get it, right? Is it going to be Jack Sanborn or is it going to be Noah Sewell? Feels like they're leaning towards Sanborn being the number one. Sewell's had an excellent time. That gives you a little bit more depth. They're trying to add more depth at that linebacker position. I'm not mad at that. Um, Outside of that, Nate Davis returned to practice today. I think that is something major to keep an eye on because he talked about, right, like his press conference did not leave me feeling confident. Like, I don't know if anybody else <laughs> saw Nate Davis's pressure because of what he said, bro. Like, he was, it was just like, okay, like, are you feeling good? Do you feel like you could play? Are you feeling like you're moving in the right direction? Right. And he just kept going. I'm going to just leave it up to the training staff. You know, I'm going to let the coaches handle that. I'm going to leave it up to the training staff. So I'm just like, bro, like, are you good or what? We just paid you $30 million. We, like, I got $30 million. Like, you got $30 million. We just paid you $30 million. <laughs> Right, Ryan Poe's in the chat like we, yeah, <laughs> we're Virginia, <laughs> we, but but it, like I, I'm 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 not confident in uh, where Nate Davis is at right now. He was back at practice, so that does make me feel a little bit better. But the Bears still taking this thing slow with him. Javon Dexter was good to go today as well, so good to hear some of the injury concerns starting to move out of the way as we head into this joint practice. We're going to be really exciting to see. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat. We got in the chat. Steve on the chat. Castleberry in the chat. Corey in the chat. B minor in the chat was good. Uh, B minor said, yo, what's up with the tape? Never lies network talking crap about you, uh, Pat and Swifty. I don't know. I, 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 I move past to keep it all positive out here. Broski bear in the building. Mike nice in the building. Shout out to y'all sports from the trenches in the building. That's actually Ryan what Paul. I just tried to. I'm like, what, what the heck did I again? Bro, like I, I, I don't know, bro. I, I don't know. I, and I, I'm not going to bring no, no negative energy here. So I, I, it wasn't no, it wasn't about me. So, I mean, I, Shout out Swifty. Shout out Tape Never Lies. I, I hope everybody has successes out here. Bear Down from H-Town. Shout out, shout out to y'all with the Bear Downs in the chat. Tana in the building. Tana, what's good? Tana out here. Make sure y'all check out Tana's latest song. He out here putting them bangers out here, man. Big shout out to Tana in the building. And be on point, too. Hey, that must be on point, bro. Must be on point. Ten ain't playing out here. Uh, let's jump into it, though. Let's jump into it. Uh, let's jump into it, man. I really do want to jump into it for the simple fact that again, the post conference, uh, po- the press conference, excuse me, uh, like you said, didn't give you much confidence, much faith. Is this one of those situations where maybe the player is really just trying to communicate that the training staff has some concerns that ultimately he probably would have played through? That's a big narrative now in the NFL, also in the NBA, that the training staff really holds back players. Uh, because of the investment they've made into the team. Is that the type of feel we get? Or is it ultimately like, nah, this dude just can't. Dog, I don't know. I wish I knew. I really don't know. Like, it, like I feel like that could be a thing, right, mm-hmm. where he's like, because he kept saying, you know, you know, I'm going to just let the coaches and the training staff, you know, figure that out. I'm going to just do my job. It could also just be that he don't like talking to the media. Like, I don't know one way or the other. I don't know Nate Davis well enough, and I haven't seen enough of his press conferences to go, okay, I know who this guy is. I know how he normally is in press conferences. I have no idea. So, like, to me, it it felt like, you know, maybe there's a concern that he doesn't feel is a concern, but that the team feels is a concern, and so they're trying to protect the investment. But it could also just be that he don't really like talking to people. And I can see that. I I kind of get that vibe from it, too. But I don't know, man. At the end of the day. Uh, I don't know if good. this is breaking, but Dalvin Cook just got signed to the Jets. Dalvin Cook? Nah, that's not breaking. I, I mean, it is breaking news. It is it's breaking news. The, the Jets it's got breaking better. news. I mean, it's yeah, breaking it's news. breaking news. It's breaking news. The Jets got better. Okay, we're gonna talk about them in a sec. We can talk about them toward the end of the uh, end of this football segment. I mean, I just have to bring it up because it popped up. I'm like, yeah. All the signings knew. are happening now, right? Like it was, yeah. it was uh, Zeke who, go go to goes to the Patriots, which we yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. but Zeke we already saw that happening. Now. 
Yeah, no, Zeke is on the Patriots now. I didn't see that one happening, but it is it is what it is. Uh, Zeke is on the Patriots now. Um, Dalvin Cook over there with the Jets. So everybody's getting signed now. The chips are starting to fall. We're starting. Football season is almost here. And that's what I love about this. That's why I love about this time of year, man. Now we're starting to see all the dominoes fall, and we're going to see how these teams lay out. My biggest fear is the Chicago Bears going to Super Bowl run this season, and we run into Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> that, is, that is my biggest fear at this point, uh, although I would be excited if we did make a Super Bowl run. Uh, but here's the main question on the video today. thing that I really wanted to bring up and break down, where have the Bears improved most? What do we see most about that preseason game that gets us the most excited about heading into this season. We didn't see a ton from this team, but was there something that you pulled from that first game in preseason heading into this Colts game, this Colts joint practice here that you want to continue to see improve? I mean, let's get the elephant out the room. Uh, DJ Moore. You know, I don't care what anyone says. The pass to DJ Moore was bad pass. I mean, it looked good. DJ Moore still catches that thing. He still takes that thing about 56 yards. And he showed you the speed of it. So having that type of player again, this is it's a do. This is a symbiotic relationship. Your QB has to give your receiver the best chance, and your receiver has to make your QB right. And I think we saw that in there. I mean, the, for what I saw, it was like, hey, all right, cool. I didn't expect him to score, but he did. And I know it's preseason, but like that clearly goes to show you, hey, we didn't do that last season. Not like that. And we didn't just do it once. We did it twice with Khalil Herbert on the other end. Which also goes to show you our blocking got a little better because, again, I didn't really say, well, we always had a good run blocking. We always had good run blocking. We had good run blocking. That was more, that was, that was a screen pass. The screen passes, the screen passes haven't been pretty in the past. You know what I mean? So Uh, it was good to see. I I agree with you. The the DJ Moore connection was, was really good to see. Um, And and it was one of those things where, like you said, Justin Fields didn't throw a great ball to him. It, It goes three yards behind the line of scrimmage. DJ Moore has to go back and get it. Um, and he turns it into a 65-yard uh, uh, touchdown. But at the that's end of the day, that's something that we didn't have. That's what you want to see. That's it's just it. It's something we didn't have. It's something that we we couldn't rely on last season. And I think it's something that heading into this season really is an asset for this team. Not just the fact that's that DJ Moore can do that, but the fact that we saw the team basically set up two plays to draw the defense in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just happened to go for touchdowns. Y'all want to know who did that? All the time, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. <laughs> All the time. All the time. And then on top of that, who else did they have to actually make that game? The tight end. People don't realize that Kelsey wasn't just the deep ball threat. Like that was Tyreek Hill. And obviously in this last season. But Kelsey was a the 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 check down most of the time. That just made Patrick Mahomes look good. Now I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have still thrown for the yards, stuff like that. Patrick. Mahomes is in a totally different league when it comes to you know who he is as a QB. But let's understand the 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 action the blueprint to success there and what that's laid out and that we got to see that replicated in the for the Chicago Bears and hopefully we get to see it all season, man. We got we we have we've paid our our tight ends. We've we've brought in some people. I want to see you know Justin have that same opportunity. No, 100%. I I thought the most interesting part about what this offense did as a whole was I see how the setup is going to go now. A lot of teams see how the setup is going to go. But you also can't just play up. My favorite thing about what Coach Flew said is basically if this team's playing 12 personnel, who are you going to hold? 
If this offensive line is able to hold up, by the way, another thing that I really feel the Bears have improved from, that right side of that offensive line is dangerous, boys. You got to get Nate Davis in there. want to see him stay consistent. But Darnell Wright, when when uh, Lewis Riddick said all pro Darnell Wright, he meant it. I mean, that, that young man right there, bro, just moving out there, laying the boom. He hit somebody with the, his left arm as he was going past and almost killed him. Like, like that's that's what we're seeing out there. Big dude. Um, and and I get it. It's the first preseason game. You can't take major things away. But I am seeing leaps and bounds on, you know, kind of how this team is going about. Even in the short time that we saw the play calling that sets these guys up, offensive linemen getting out on the run, leading the way. You got some mm -hmm. big bodies mm -hmm. there. By the way, I need y'all to understand football. For anybody who doesn't understand football, because I've seen this from all these moronic fans that for some reason just decided we're going to hate on Justin Fields for no reason. When he goes around, right, throws the pass to Khalil Herbert, that's, that uh, uh, ends up going for a touchdown. The two offensive linemen are way out ahead, right? Everybody online, oh, there's a legal man downfield. That's a legal man downfield. Y'all y'all didn't call that. That's a legal man downfield. It can't be a legal man downfield if it's a pass behind the line of scrimmage. Y'all are stupid. <laughs> Let's stop being stupid. Let's learn the rules of football. <laughs> the pass was behind the line of scrimmage. It wasn't a legal man downfield. Now that we got that out of the way, I really like that we're getting And that's designed that way, too. Because the pass was designed to be behind the line of scrimmage. The pass, yes, the pass is designed yeah. to be behind the line of scrimmage. So it's it was it, it, well the Khalil Herbert pass. No, the Khalil Herbert pass that that play ended up breaking down on the right hand side. He ends up running out to the mm -hmm. left side, gets the ball ahead. Herbert's just also still behind the line of scrimmage. He was the intended receiver, but it didn't go the way that he wanted gotcha. it to go. So it, it it's fine with that, but it cracks me up when mothers are just like, oh my God, like, is, is that a legal man downfield? Like, how are we not calling that? It's like, my God, like, if it's behind the line of scrimmage, then you don't call that. That's just, that's common yeah. sense football here. So um, it, it's, it's one of those things where I like how they're getting these offensive linemen out ahead. I like the fact that these offensive linemen can get out ahead. And I'm going to tell you this right now. We talked about Darnell Wright earlier in the year and how he crushed the uh, uh, um, fitness test. It, uh, what is it? What is it? The Yeah, the fitness test. Uh, because he did the wide receivers version. You can tell that uh, it caused him to drop some weight, and he's got the speed right now coming full yeah. force at you. That's a dangerous man. <laughs> also want to get uh, to some of those fans who actually don't understand uh, yards after the catch. Uh, you had a great post on Twitter that actually showed oh my God. all the particular you know teams and how much they average yards after the catch. I think Kansas City Chiefs averaged up nearly uh, twenty seven hundred yards. Uh, now that does mean that Patrick Mahomes has about three thousand yards in the air, or close to. If he had, uh, I think he had. A, no, that that have been two thousand, whatever it was, two thousand yards in the air. So I get why people are saying it, but stop just trying to find something to nitpick about Justin. Like he can't do anything about the fact that hey. He took it to the house. What do you want me to do? Like, like, like I, I made the pass. Boom. He caught it. Touchdown. All right. The series is over. Right? We scored. Like, be happy. Like, stop finding something to pick at right now. Like, what the heck is the problem here? Now, I know I've been on the on the fence of saying, hey, I want to see him do more. But if the play worked, the play worked. Yeah. Like, sit down somewhere. Let the stuff develop. Give this some time. Give him some time, like I've been asking the city of Chicago to do, and just let it just roll with it a little bit. Be happy. Like, you're not going to see this man take 40-yard uh, Hail Marys. 
like this is Madden just because you play like that on the weekend don't mean that that's how the actual game is played. Like, chill out. And I thought that was something worth uh, bringing up. Yeah, I I just love it because, right, like you look at this and, and look how easy it was, right? Three for three on the completion percentages, ends up with two touchdowns. We got a Joel, Joel struggling out here today, man. Joel was on the Joel, move, Joel had to go pick up his kids, man. 129 yards, two touchdowns. Big shout out to super producer Joel Holt out here. Um, And, you know, like that's that's what you want to see. That's how you make his life easier. And a guy like this is who does it, right? One reception, one touchdown, 62 yards. That's how you have those days very much like what we talk about with A.J. Brown and how he cooked that one day, right, where it's 182 yards. Yeah, but some of those are just big plays that you see at the beginning. All the time we see those plays. All the time we talk about Tyreek Hill having those big yardage days or uh, uh, um, Justin Jefferson having those big yardage days. You get those big yardage days by getting that yak yards after the catch. I need a cognac sponsor on this channel right now. We are looking for a cognac sponsor right now because I think that's nice. going to be the theme of the channel. Nice. Yak. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I think we're going to be talking about Yak all season because here's the thing. You have guys now that can get it. And the main thing is, okay, if I play – first off, I don't believe there's a DB in the NFL that's fast enough to keep that, keep up with DJ Moore if you give him space. I just don't. You play this guy one-on-one, he's going to be able to cook you over the top, uh, especially if you play him single high. If you're oh, playing close up, trying to force Justin Fields to run, he's going to be able to find somebody deep, wide open. And so – those are the things that that when I look at how this Bears team has improved this offseason, I think it just starts with even just the names in the room being yeah. so vastly better. Uh, uh, John Yurkovich said this. He said, this was a seven-win team last season that won three games because the Bears dismantled it. And I can't say he's wrong. You think about getting rid of Khalil Mack, Akeem that's Hicks. A, that's a bar. Robert That's Quinn, you remove Roquan Smith from that defense. You you ended up losing Eddie Jackson that year. You also had Allen Robinson on that team with Justin Fields taking steps forward. Would have been nice to have somebody that could catch the football. Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney pairing those two together. Um, now you still have Allen Robinson as your number one, even though he did end up kind of having that fall off season. Maybe yeah. that doesn't happen if he's still here in Chicago. Like I can see how you find your way to seven wins. Oh, by the way, Cole Komet finally proves all the stuff that he's learned at tight end. You is actually applicable to the field. And we see him have a breakout season. So I could see this team last season being a seven win team. And that's why they removed everything from the team so that they could bottom this thing out and start it all over. And the, and the crazy thing is we always talked about Justin getting needing help. We saw those games where it was like, hey, we need someone to make those extra plays. We need, we needed a little bit more in these games where we lost one score games, last couple drives and stuff like that. And then you got people who complain when you see people do it on the first couple drives in the first game, we see them in pads. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. Like, be for real. Be for real. Like, this is what we wanted. This is what we wanted as a fan base, as a city. You got it now. We didn't even see Justin didn't even have to run. Check that out. And you want to know what the most the thing that he improved most on is I'm not going to lie. Last season, think about that play to Khalil Herbert, right? Play breaks down on the right side. He ends up having a rollout left. Khalil Herbert's underneath. What would Justin have done last season? He would have took off. 100%. He took off. No, he'd have been gone. He'd have been gone. That is growth. That is to me. And guess what? He would have scored. 
He'd have took off. Khalil Herbert would have been blocking. The two offensive linemen would have been ahead of him. He would have ended up scoring a touchdown. We'd be sitting here losing our minds saying, oh, Justin has one pass and one rushing touchdown. But no, instead, he takes the check down. He takes the man underneath, which was right. still the right man to go to. And it was it was the intended uh, receiver there. He ends up taking that one. And that ends up going to the house. That, to me is one of those situations now where I can clearly see, even though it's only three plays, I understand the only it's three passing plays in total, mm -hmm. I can see growth from Justin Fields from last year to this year. On top of that, we didn't even get to see the full weaponry on display. Chase Claypool wasn't wasn't involved in in, in those uh, plays. We didn't see Mooney uh, if he's, if he when or when he's going to be available involved in those plays. We just got to see pretty much three complete two complete drives. Yeah. Two players make phenomenal moves, and that was it. Right? It's like realistically, we didn't see what we really look like but we had but what we did see were the things that we didn't have last season which was elite skill at at, at one position and you know Khalil Herbert I think is is rightly so getting his just due like we saw what he could do when he stepped in for for Montgomery he's doing a good job continuing that and he's earned his keep and at this point you just roll with it I think the only person we didn't see a lot from and I mean you, you can only take that with a grain of salt because the Titans do have a pretty decent defense is uh Dante Foreman he didn't really he didn't really have the opportunity to break out like he wanted to. But we know that 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 ability is there. But outside of that, we we got exactly what we wanted. We didn't even see our tight ends get busy. Well, and here's we know Cole Komet, we, we've been praising Cole Komet since he's been at tight end. You <laughs> we're just trying to see what he can do. We didn't even get to see him like we realistically. Didn't, we didn't get to see nobody get busy because two plays end up being the entire offense. And and but here's here's the part that excites me even with that. Right. Like if you do that in a regular season, you've got the Titans down with two quarterbacks. I don't care which one you put out there. Will Levis. Will Levis isn't doing that versus the number one defense, by the way, either. Uh, but he did look really good. He looked very poised in there. And it would have been Ryan Tannehill, realistically, in a regular game, right? Like, now you're yeah. behind the eight ball. Yeah. Now, the only concern I did have, of course, no Derrick Henry in that game. If Derrick Henry's mm -hmm. running, the, the rushing defense didn't look great. But uh, just to, you know, kind of give you an idea on what was missing out there, uh, there was no Demarcus Walker. There was no Tremaine Evans. There was no Yannick Ngakwe. There was no Jaquan Brisker. So your defense, even so, even with all of that, still ends up racking up eight sacks. Hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. Now we got to see why that, well, what the impact of them not being there was because this was a turnover fest for sure that was not based off of the defense just forcing a lot of fumbles and stuff like that. That was probably the longest second quarter I've hey, ever watched. That second watched quarter was crazy, bro. In my life, dog. <laughs> hey, I'm not even I'm telling lie you. Either. I'm telling you. I said this on. Uh, I said this on uh, uh, the post post game show on ESPN 1000. I said, man, y'all could have just put on the Benny Hill music and just called it a day, bro. <laughs> you just speed that joint up, bro, and let the ball go back and forth. I think bro. it was like four minutes left in that second quarter, and I heard yeah. him say. Six turnovers. Six turnovers, bro. Six turnovers in that like, month. But here's the thing, right? To me, the part that gets me excited is none of those guys are out there, and you see what this Bears defense was able to do. Nice. 80 tackles, eight sacks, 11 QB hits, four tackles for loss, no Yannick Ngakwe, no Demarcus Walker. This is telling me that you have 
pressure even when you remove some of those guys. And to me, Zach Pickens had himself a heck of a day. One of the guys I was really, really high on seeing out there, man, being able to see him, what he was able to go out there and do. Um, we had him on the Chicago Bears podcast. Check out that interview as well. Mm -hmm. And he just talked about what, what he wants to come out. And he said, listen, at the end of the day, I want to be able to dent the pocket and just find my way into the backfield. He was able to do both of those things on uh, Saturday. And I, I, was really, I was really excited to see it. By the way, shout out to, to Joe, super producer, Holt, because that's a great graphic right there. My man be putting in work on it. He's having fun. He's having the time of his life, realistically. Oh, bro, he, take, he's loving this. Yeah. He's loving this part. We don't want to take this for granted. Like, ultimately, the, everything that you see coming together is, is Joe. Joel is actually really leading that charge. And, you know, I'm really appreciative of the work that he does because he, he really didn't have to. So I really appreciate it. Um, uh, moving into that, to the thought that uh, with some people started, did Javon get injured? So Javon, basically, I think he uh, I think he caught a cramp because he was okay. trying to fight through it. Uh, he did participate in practice today. He was he was good okay. to go in practice okay. today. So Javon was fine. Um, I think he just ended up catching a cramp. Um, it, it's a lot. Listen, he, going from practice and especially on a day like Saturday, Saturday was hot as heck. And it's mm -hmm. one of those, you know, mm -hmm. Chicago heat, right? You can. You got different heat in Florida. You got different heat everywhere you go pretty much. But that Chicago heat, like, you'll think you're good because you'll be like, especially coming from Florida, oh, it's not as humid. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be like, hey, man, I'm dying right now. Like, what, what, what just happened? Especially, right, you'll get one cloud and you'll be like, oh, man, it's like 70 degrees out here. It's perfect. And then one cloud move, you'll be like, how did it just go to 95? Why am I sweating? <laughs> this don't make no sense. Y'all know that Chicago weather hit different. Um, but I think he just ended up catching a cramp. He was fine, uh, and and he was good to go. Uh, I, I'm excited to see uh, about what we're seeing from these young guys. And I'm going to tell you what, uh, Travis Gibson did himself as many favors as he could because yeah, I think he had strong. fallen out of favor with this team. I'm not going to lie. I think he had fallen out of favor with uh, um, this, this Bears staff because – you know, you started to see him down there with the twos. And, and of course, with Yannick Ngakwe coming in, you know that he was going to end up getting moved out, out of there a little bit. But you you kind of thought that he was going to still be a, a key piece on this defense, but he was on the fence. And now I think that he's for sure going to be here. Uh, Travis Gibson did some, some great things. I'm trying to find his stats here on defense. Here we go. Uh, five total tackles, three solo tackles, two assists, one sack, and a tackle for loss. Had a great day. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? That's interesting that – uh, it's good that we have the uh, opportunity to sit there and praise some of these individuals on this particular team because while we did see really, really good things, there are some lowlights that we got to talk about. There are some lowlights we got to talk about. There's some lowlights. And, and you know what? I probably could have stretched this Gibson praise out a little bit longer. Pause. But at this point, dog, we got to We have to. We have. We have to go ahead and do it. What? Um, we have to go ahead. To, to, hey, listen. Use whatever sound effect you want to use. I'm stretch this. Okay. But the one, the first turnover that we had was what? The same thing. We we dropped the video on the channel about it today. Valus Jones. So here's the thing, and I want to say this because some people in the chat was like, oh, give them time and stuff like that. I want you all to understand something. This is not basketball. You don't you only have a small sample size of opportunity. It's only 17 games. You don't get 82. You don't have the opportunity to sit there 
and be bad at the very thing that you were bad at next season. You can't do it, especially when you were a fringe starter in the first place. You weren't a starter last season. We just didn't have nobody. So at this point, if your only job is special teams and to catch the ball, (laughs) I don't need you doing this. You catch the ball. And I know the people said, well, you can't do it. If you paid me enough money and I trained for it and I couldn't catch the ball, I'd cut me too. Here's here's, here's the tough I'd part, cut right? Me too. I tried to shoot him bail to down the Chicago Bears podcast with Lance on, right? And I was like, listen, he's never been a kick returner. He's never been a punt returner before. He's always been a kick returner. And Lance just gave me this look like, it's the no, same no, thing, bro. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Because as a kick returner, you get the opportunity to stand there, catch the ball. There's a bunch of dudes in front of you, and the pressure is not right in your face. Punt returner, seconds you catch it, usually there's some dude near you. Um, you know what he should have did? But what, what Lance just gave me this look of like, <laughs> I can't shoot you no bail because I'm giving you an opportunity to do something in the NFL. You need to be perfect at it. You need to have so much repetition at it that you can't help but be good at it. And, and it's tough. It's tough to see, but but I do think that – I don't think that he's going to get cut tomorrow, right? I, I don't think that that's going to happen. But you really put yourself behind the eight ball. You, you, you have to come out and have the camp of camps to stick around. And this is what I said on the video because to me with Valus Jones, you're talking about a guy who – there are three guys behind him that can do that job at a minimum. I'm not right. even talking about the dudes that can do the job really, really well, but they just have much more important jobs to do. Like, there are three guys behind him that can do that job well. And so it's it's one of those Isn't where – DJ Moore on that depth chart too? DJ Moore's technically on the depth chart. As he's on the depth chart for punt return. Like, you're not going to put him out there because he's your number one wide receiver. You put DJ Moore out there as your number one wide receiver if you need, like, uh, we got to win this situation. That's when you put him out there. But the problem is, right, with with uh, uh, um, Valus Jones right now is I have multiple times where what you just did in a meaningless game lost us real games. Lost us the, the, the Giants game. Lost yeah. us the Commanders game. Yeah. Lost us real games that we could have won. And so I can't – here's the thing. It, I get it. Lance, Lance was sitting there. He was like, he's not old. He's 26. He'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't supporting him. He was basically saying stop fumbling, but he's, his career in the NFL isn't over. Listen, his career is a kick returner. As a kick returner to me, if you're not able to bring the ball in on a consistent – or as a punt returner, I should say. As a punt returner, if you're not able to bring the ball in, I, I I can't use you. You're costing us games. You're costing us opportunities. And I hope that he improves upon it. I hope that this was just a bad game. I hope, heck, ha- we, we go through the next two games and he runs back three touchdowns. And at the end of it, I got to go, we can't cut him. He figured it out. He overcame. You know, and, and that's the one thing I want people to understand. But, but these are all our opinions and stuff like that. So I, I can really only speak for me. You know, Pat may have a totally different opinion as to where, you know, how you handle Valus Jones. I just know and I understand the pressures of how hard it is to even be considered amongst the people to even make a team. I don't think people understand how much time, effort, and dedication for the, that people have spent there. For every one person you see on a roster, there's about two or three people who are probably just as good that didn't get the opportunity, and they're trying to figure their way into the league. That's on every major sport. 
And when you really understand that, you can understand why you don't sit there and say, oh, my God, give him time to do that. No, it's really not the sport for that. It's really not. You have to be better. This is not rookie Valus Jones. This is second year. I've already lost some games. My butt is on the line and I need to go ahead. And and I still don't understand how he fumbled and he let it bounce. Because he, he sh- here's the thing I asked J-Mac. I said, J-Mac, you've seen this. Is, is this a situation where when the lights come on, he's not ready for the moment? And he said, yeah, it seems like that, right? Because I'm going to be honest with you. Two things can be true. Two things can be true. Bayless Jones has had, Bayless Jones has had a heck of a camp. He has had a heck of a camp. He has. He's caught the football well. He's looked really good at the receiver position. He's looked really good kicking uh, on kick return, on punt return. But at the end of the day, it's about can you do it when the lights come on and when real people are trying to hit you in the face and it don't look like it. Now, prove me wrong. I think, the listen, he's a third-round pick. The Bears are not going to cut him tomorrow. Like, people are like, I'd cut him yesterday. They're not going to. They're going to give him every opportunity to prove. he has some guaranteed money on his contract. It. Yeah, it was, shout out to him. But yeah, for sure, right? I think it's he not, does. It's, it's, third it round. Does. It's, it's nothing crazy, but it's like, you know, but but still, right? Like, not, Is he really a third rounder? Yes, we drafted him in the third no, round he, last year. Yeah, yeah. You know what? But I also, uh, yeah, you're right. They're not going to cut him tomorrow. But the opportunity for him to be cut is there. Um, moving and, to the next low light, didn't, he didn't I, he didn't give him a, a a leg not to stand on with it. <laughs> moving to the next low light, I actually I saw a couple plays and I tweeted that PJ Moore looked pretty good, and he did for like one or two little motions. Hey, but then it got back. What, quick. I don't know what PJ you saw. I don't think I was looking at PJ, so, hey, so hey, I think hey, I'm gonna hey. go back and delete that tweet. You was um, looking at you was looking at one of those white guys again, without glasses on. That's what you was doing, bro. You yeah, was looking I at that again. I was like, "What the heck was I looking at? Like that don't look like the dude I thought was doing what he was supposed to be doing when I tweeted that." So yep. uh, no, I, I take that tweet back. Uh, <laughs> I recant that. I recant that. I was wrong because um, Buddy no, was. Uh, PJ, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Listen, you never want to get to your backup quarterback because that means you're in a bad situation anyway, right? But we thought I, I thought PJ Walker would be better than where he is right now. And granted, here's the thing: he's coming in as the backup. PJ Walker's in the same situation right now that Justin Fields was in last season. Carolina's not running this system. He's learning a brand new system, he's learning brand new calls, yeah, he's learning all of that stuff on the fly. True. I'm okay with PJ Walker learning. The scary part is you you don't want to get to him. <laughs> and yeah. hey, my God, I hope he we don't get to him. I hope that right, like if we do, the season's over anyway. It don't matter. I don't care who's back there, right? Peterman, Badgent, or Walker. If we get to any of them three names, the season's done. Now the difference between PJ and Valus is the simple fact that uh, we know PJ can play the Q- uh, QB position. Maybe not as like all star level. But we know we can play this, uh, uh, the quarterback position. Yeah. We don't know what the Agvalers do. What yeah. do you do well? I mean, nothing. There uh, you he, go. Talk to me. I was about to, I was about to wait for you to make something pass. up. No, no, Tell he, me he what did, he do well. He did, he did nothing well. I mean, listen, like he, the pass he went out, he goes up and gets a pass in the middle. Great. Good to see your hands working in some capacity. But you're not taking that and turning that into a touchdown. That's right. not setting us up for a gadget playing preseason. It's only – you know, eight, nine plays. Listen, and the guy that I've been high on, Tyler Scott, he didn't look good either. 
had one catch, had one fumble. Uh, he didn't look great either, you know what I mean? So it, it, I, I can't sit here and tell you that, you know, everything was perfect. But what I will say is that I feel like the Chicago Bears have had a ton of improvement in so many different areas where I can feel like coming into this season, seven to eight wins should be an acceptable floor. And that's the job. On, that that That's kudos to what Ryan Poles has done. But here's the funny thing. You said uh, Tyler Scott had one reception, one fumble. If I'm not mistaken, he just got drafted, right? Yeah, rookie. Okay. He has the same amount of receptions, the same amount of fumbles as uh, Valus Jones. I mean, listen, neither of them is good. <laughs> like, like, look, neither of them is good, right? Yeah, you know I mean, so I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you that that Tyler Scott uh, uh, is getting cut tomorrow either. But I, the the thing that we've what's that we've John Travolta uh, meme where he's just looking around? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I we think, ain't got the same player. I, and they, I think, you know. I think the thing <laughs> we've talked about with Tyler for me is um, that. He's been mature. He's been somebody who's been sure-handed. He's been able to come down with the ball. The first time we see him get to go up against somebody else, he struggled Mm -hmm. against that. He's going to learn from it. He's going to have rookie mistakes. But you did feel like – to me, I feel like Tyler Scott is somebody who's going to have to develop during the season. Facts. Um, But he's going to be put in a position to do that because, to me, he's already got the mental side down. And that allows him to play fast. That allows him to get to different spots. That allows him to be able to go out there and understand which route he needs to run, where he needs to be, how he's going to come down with it. He's just got to catch it. But I swear for Lord, he scares me every time, bro. Seeing 13 on that man's chest, knowing that he's five foot 10, 111 or 100 and, 111 would be crazy. 185 to 90 pounds, bro. I'm just like, bro, Johnny Knox, how you get back, bro? Like, stop doing – when he caught that punt return and took off and they flipped that boy up in the air, I was like, please, Jesus, let this yeah, man come nah, down. Okay, nah. bro. He is scared. Put some weight on, brother. Please, put some hey, weight on. Hey, but you know what? He 20, 21, he ain't really hit his grown man strength and grown into his grown man body yet. I know that's a phrase that most people – that sounds weird when you talk about these young professionals and stuff like that, but they're not real – I'm not going to say they're not real men, but they have not fully developed men yet. They haven't stopped growing. So hopefully he puts on the weight. He gets he puts on some strength and stuff like that. No, hopefully nine times out of ten, he will with the right nutritionist and everything like that. He'll be fine. Um, I, and and that's the thing is he now has an advantage. I will give him this. He has an advantage. His rookie season, Bayless didn't. He has a better receiving core or room to learn from. He knows where to be. That's the that's the number one thing for me. He knows what it be. And was it last season was was what? Well, Valus came in during the whole. He he like skipped a year because of COVID, all that stuff. Yeah. But Valus had no idea what it be. Had injuries. They talked to Luke Guest. He talked about this at the beginning of the season. Said he would line when he went out there. He didn't know whether to go left or right. Um, now he knows where to be. Now he knows where to be on the field. That helps. Tyler Scott already knows that. I when I asked Matt Matt Eberflus that question in the in the press conference. He already knows kind of how, okay, where, where do I need to line up? Okay, I'm over here. I'm over there. And then now I need to take off. Now I need to just get there. Now I can use my speed to get there. Now I can use this Hesley move at the line to get myself in a position. Those things are important to have year one. Bayless didn't have that. And so Tyler Scott is ahead of him in that sense already. And it, it's tough, right, because we, we're talking about kind of the low lights as well. With Bayless Jones, you start going through this depth chart, and I'm just like, I don't know who he's ahead of. I really don't like like if y'all let let me know in the chat if y'all think he's ahead of is he ahead he, uh, DJ Moore? 
No. Chase Claypool? No. Tyler Scott? <laughs> I, I don't no. think he's ahead of Tyler Scott. Darnell no. Mooney? Absolutely not. Travis Homer? Maybe. I don't even know who that cat is. Travis Homer's the, the the running back that we got from Seattle that does nothing but special teams. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? Like, hey, hold on, wait. So all he do is catch punts and all he do is special off? teams, bro. Oh, so he could do this? Yes. Well. Oh no, then no, absolutely not ahead of that guy. <laughs> Dante <laughs> Pettis. <laughs> like I I, I hey, can't find can he do somebody this? who he's ahead of right now. And it's not me trying to hate on Valus. I know everybody thinks that because I've been saying all offseason. I don't, but like, I, I don't, I don't see, I, I don't even know if he's ahead of Tristan Ebner on special teams. And Tristan Ebner ain't ahead of nobody in the running back room. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad. But I can see why Ebner would be on the special teams. And I would actually probably prefer that too. Hey, you um, want to know why Ebner's on special teams? <laughs> go, go ahead and show us again, kid. Go ahead and show us again. That's right there. That's it. That's it. With his hands in his body? Because I saw I saw him try to do this. I don't know what the heck that was. I really don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. I watched that play three, four times. I was like, I guess I see what he tried to do. But at what point do you realize this is a bad idea? Like, well, at what point do you just, like, let the ball roll? Like, I'd rather he just let the ball roll. Yeah. He didn't have to touch it. Well, that's that's also what McKee told me when, when we were on the the radio the other day. He basically said, "That's poison. You you yell poison to everybody in the vicinity." And I was like, "That was the number one thing I noticed when the ball bounced. He was con he never broke eyes from the ball to nope. say anything. That he intended to catch that. He didn't tell none of the other defender, none of the people blocking for him, none of his blockers get out the way." poison nothing he, he 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 intended to catch that he's trying to make a play and i i asked this i said do they think i maybe he thinks that he's faster than what he really is and it's not to say he's not fast but there's a difference from a ball bouncing with a dude standing right in front of devin hester <laughs> and he grabs it and takes off right because hey. he's so much quicker versus <laughs> valus jones trying to catch something on the fly cordero patterson even right you want to know why because cordero patterson is six five he oh, might not be that tall but he up there he a big dude so right if he if he go up to grab that and somebody hit him he's huge yeah. The interesting thing is, you know, we had to talk about some lowlights because there were a lot of them. Um, but ultimately, we won this particular game. We saw what we wanted to see in the first in the first quarter. We know we have Indy coming up. We expect to see a lot more snaps from the particular from uh, from our team, from our from our starters, uh, pretty much. And so uh, what do you want to see leading into this coach game before we switch into just general news? Because we got some, we got, some, I mean, the, the got to talk about the Monday madness. Got Monday madness coming up, man, because it's some madness going on around the leagues out yeah. here, dog. It's some madness going on. No, the number one thing I want to see uh, from this, uh, heading into this Colts week, is I want to see the continued success of this DB room. I feel like the offense is going to be what it's going to be, right? Like, at a minimum, now I feel more comfortable heading into the season because I know we got dudes that can make the underneath stuff work, and yep. I know that Justin Fields has a deep ball. That makes me feel way better. Like, if, if they didn't even play Justin going into Indy, I'd be like, okay, I'm okay. I, 
he could throw the five. He could throw two yards behind the line of scrimmage, and it, it turns into something. If we blocking well and we got a really good blocking team, I can live with that. I yeah. want to see the continued success of this DB room because what we saw from uh, uh, Tyreek Stevenson to me was an excellent game and him solidifying I'm going to be that DB opposite Jalen Johnson. I also thought Terrell Smith did some really good things. And Ayo, listen, listen, I need to ask this question here. I loved, I, I, I said this all last season. Did we want George Pickens over Kyler Gordon? Me and you both agreed 100%. We want George Pickens over Kyler Gordon. Y'all see that hit Kyler Gordon put on that man? <laughs> Level. Hey, hey, listen, Boom. listen, listen. Now that I have DJ Moore, I kind of like having Kyler Gordon because I think he's going to be a really good DB, especially bringing a, a, a backing guys up. I think that he's going to be really good in the slot, and he is going to be somebody that people probably aren't going to want to see coming across the middle. He is a big boy, and he looked really good in this game. Hey, Amen. I am. Uh, I can't wait to see what that looks like, uh, five six games in, because ultimately that's that's. I'm not looking. I know we're talking about you know preseason game stuff like that, but realistically, I'm waiting for the moment where the where we can see the team really gel, and you really get that in the thick of the season. You really start yeah. to see it start to click. I can't wait for that moment, because that's going to be a beautiful moment in Chicago, and I feel confident that Kyler, um. Um, Zach, just I feel like I feel like all the people that we've that we've talked about today positively yeah. are going to be the catalyst for that, and, and it's going to be a wild ride. It's going. I think this is going to be a, the 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 a repeat of 2018, but no double doink. Here's uh, here's the wild part about this, right? So what's that 2019? That, when was the double doink? Let's get that 2018. 2018. There we go. All right, back. let's get this graphic back up, right? Let's get this graphic back up. So, uh, eight sacks. In a game, shout out to Super Producer Joe Holt, killing it with the graphic game. Boy, who smiled like that in the corner? Good Lord. He got teeth on him. He got them Buddy Hill joints, bro. Oh, man, it was like, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> hey, bro, I hope, you got to make the team. <laughs> My <laughs> God. But no Yannick Ngakwe, no Demarcus Walker. The Chicago Bears go out and get eight sacks, 11 QB hits, four tackles for loss. The last time the Chicago Bears had eight-plus sacks in a game was in 20 or in a preseason game was in 2018 mm -hmm. when we went 12 and four Khalil Mack was not there yet so we didn't know who was all on this defensive line Akeem Hicks all of that we knew that but Khalil Mack not there yet so that's your Yannick Ngakwe similarity guess who we played week one of that season hey Packers Green Bay Packers come on now if y'all owe me, hey, where, where the tinfoil people at? Let's get the tinfoil hats going, baby. <laughs> Let's get the tinfoil hats going, baby. I'm drawing parallels. I said that to Lance Briggs today on the Bears podcast. He looked at me. He was like, boy, if you don't calm down. <laughs> I love it, dog. I'm sitting here. I'm like, Bears Super Bowl. Bears Super Bowl. You mean to tell me all we needed was a better kick? Is Cairo a better kicker than, than uh, Cody Park? You know, is, is Cairo missed some kicks last year, too. Cairo ain't missed a kick that hit the uh that hit the thing twice. Cairo like I've never seen a kick hit the thing twice. Cairo hasn't Cairo hasn't hit the goalpost as consistent. Cody Parkey got the yips, basically. I really believe that. I think he got the yips and he just started hitting goalposts out of nowhere. 
Like, you know how much of a skill that is to hit it twice? Well, that's that's literally why it's it's one of those things where they're like, it, he hit the post so many times, it became like, no, that's that's you in your own mind. Like your own, that's a mental You're aiming for it at this point. Hey, bro, you know, you know, 10 years from now, he's going <laughs> he's going to have a book where it's just like something about getting over the mental issues in life. And then we're going to be like how to get over the doink. Like, you know, he's got a book coming, bro. If he doesn't, he's wasting the opportunity. He's wasting the opportunity, bro. <laughs> you better go get that bad, Cody. Stop playing with me. I know you. Is he on a team? He got cut hey, from the last Cody ain't season, on bro. no team. I think Cody was on the Falcons for a little bit. Like, Cody ain't on no team. Wasn't bro. he on the Chiefs, too? Might have been on the Chiefs. They, I think he doinked a couple there, and they was like, hey, get up out of here, my guy. <laughs> Overall, oh, I think it's, it's, we can, it's safe to say that we think the Bears look good. We're happy rolling into this next game. Uh, that Saturday, we will be attempting we to live call that, that one. Yeah. I'm going to – I am going – Pat is going to let me try to live call that thing because at first, I ain't going to lie to you, I'm going to have a transparent moment. Pat was like, yo, I ain't going to be there. Somebody live call. I was like, man, I ain't never live called a football game. I'm going to do it solo. I don't know if I'm ready for it. We got into that game about 10 minutes. I was like, oh, I could have called this because we was doing something good, right? Then the second quarter hit. I was like, I would have had a field day calling this game. <laughs> oh, this would have been the best live call ever. Bro, I would have been sitting there. Listen, it's been the most hilarious thing you've seen on YouTube in a long time because I couldn't believe it. Like, if you saw me at the crib watching that game, I'd be like, I know he didn't just turn that ball over again. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know that ball didn't go the other way again. Like, stop playing with yeah. me. Like, we'd have had a ball, y'all. So we're going to do that this Saturday. Y'all tune in. Y'all know what time the game is. If not, follow us on Twitter. You got y'all follow Pat in the description. All, all that's in the description. You'll see all, all of it. Hey, let's jump into the Monday Madness, man. Let's finish out the episode on this because there is some madness going on on this Monday as a whole. Uh, let's start it off here because the first madness that I heard is that not only is James Harden's fat suit possibly coming back out, but people want the Chicago Bulls to trade for James Harden. All right, let me go. Kid, is this madness? Let me go ahead, Spirit. This right now. Listen, by the way, if y'all don't know, uh, your boy P Kid, P Kid talks NBA. There's a video out there that says, Is James Harden done? I'm gonna tell you why that's a yes. One, James Harden is not gonna come to the Chicago Bulls. If he does come to Chicago Bulls, I'm not repping him. I've never trusted James Harden a day in my life. He had one season where I thought he may do it, and after that season, it's gotten progressively worse every time. Now, here's the here's the fool's goal with it. He's good enough for you to sit there and say, pay him his money. He's bad enough for you to never consider it again. <laughs> That's a bar. <laughs> Let's be real. He's good That's enough for you bar. to sit there and be like, I want that guy as my starting point guard. He led the league in assists. I can't hate on it. Yeah. The numbers are there. But yeah. then you got to look at the team he's on. You got to look at who's at. Any, any good point guard would have been a league leader. Assists. He had Joel Embiid and a bunch of shooters. They yeah. all they needed was a really good point guard. Duh, they hid Ben Simmons for years. He didn't even shoot, but he was effective, right? All, all I'm saying is this: if we get James Harden, we trade, let's say Demar Derozan. You got to trade Demar. You got to trade Demar. You know what's gonna happen? One, Zach Levine is not gonna take the leap because James Harden has already made it known before this ordeal. He made it known. I want to go back to being the James Harden of old. What did that look like? Fat. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, he was he was doing a lot of scoring. 
<laughs> a lot of ISO usage rate at 56%. Now, let me ask you this. Right now, there's another meme going out. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. All 137 you all that stuck around. I appreciate, I appreciate y'all. By the way, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. I don't even know where the likes no, is at. Stop on this playing moment. with us, man. Stop like playing with us. We do the Kevin Samuels thing. Play bad music when y'all don't like it. Um, Luka Doncic is, is considered a younger version of James Harden because he practically does the same thing. Now, let me ask you this. Do you want to see James Harden Ooh. doing the Luka routine at 34? I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. I don't know if I could follow you down to Luca and James are the same. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It get close, dog. I I can't before follow Kyrie. You, it looked it looked close. It's like I can't follow. What's you the game plan? Me. Pass Luca the ball. What no, Luca gonna do? See the problem. The problem Damn. is, hey, listen. You give Luca Mike D'Antoni, he might actually have an offensive system around him because it, at a minimum, listen, Mike D'Antoni ain't gonna say uh, play defense, but he gonna know how to draw up an offense. You wanna know what Jason Kidd can't do? Drop offense, coach. No, I'm saying like, like, like the whole no. thing, coach. Bad offense, bad defense, bad team. Jason Kidd, like you said, you said this right now. You know what? I didn't even give you the credit when you said it, but Jason Kidd has said it himself, and you, I think you even made that in your point last season. He likes to he likes to coach the way he wishes coaches coached him. A hundred percent. Allow your star player, star point guard, to just run the show. And what really brought that home for me is when I heard Richard Jefferson talk about. Uh, playing with uh, Jason Kidd and Kenya Martin talk about this playing with him. Talking about with Kidd, right? Somebody professional said all of a sudden he believed the point. When Pat no, said, but he didn't. He didn't say what you said. You know what he said? <laughs> he was like, "All I had to do was run," and he just detailed it. Like I, he yeah. said the same thing last season. But he's another. Clip. Said the same thing. Yeah, he's he did it for like a good ten minutes, where he talked about his 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 time with the Nets and stuff like that in that whole run, and you realize that Jason Kidd is cold for one. But the game plan was allow Jason to set the offense up. And if you look at who he had around him and stuff like that, Vince Carter had one of the best seasons of his career. Most memorable seasons of his career was with Jason Kidd. Richard Jefferson is the Richard Jefferson we know from Jason Kidd. The, the Nets even being a remotely on the map, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd took them there. What, four? What, what was it? They, they made it to the ECF two they made times. It to they made it to a finals. They made it to a finals. Like, he's a good... They made it to two finals. Right? Didn't the Nets play in two finals? I know they played the uh, played the Lakers and they got blown out. They got cooked by the Lakers. I mean, they Shaq dunked on the whole team several times. That's the coldest pitch in NBA history. I don't care what they nobody say. They never stood a chance. Fam, it's literally him and five people around him, him yeah, dunking. Yeah, That's yeah. the wildest pitch I've ever seen in my life. Um, what, Whatever. They had a lot of success. And he likes coaching people like that. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But he don't have the players to do it. No, it is. Here's the thing. Here's why there's something wrong with that. Because nobody's Jason. Jason was so different. Jason Kidd, was he two? Like, you got to think, it's like John Stockton and then you. Like, there's no one else that's seeing the court like Jason Kidd, I can't even tell you there's somebody in the NBA right now that sees the court like Jason Kidd did. Is there a facilitator in the league right now that's Jason Kidd that's I close? Know. I ain't gonna lie. LaMelo got the flash, which is wild to say. I don't know if he has the IQ yet. I I, I don't think he has the vision. I think uh, Lonzo, as, as you said, LaMelo, Lonzo might have been the closest one. Uh, Lonzo's court vision was I said Tyler Tyrese Halliburton Tyrese Halliburton I think is the closest one right now and and that ain't close 
he, but he 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 got a he, he can he see got, it right he, he can it. see it but he ain't no Jason Kidd. Yeah, and so yeah, that's yeah. that's what irritates me about seeing Jay Kidd, Coach Luca, Coach Kyrie like that. Because With all that being said, day, though, there's nothing that they don't see the floor like you do, and that's why it don't work. So let me ask you this: I'm I've already told you it's not going to work for a variety of different reasons. We still, I want we talk about hard again. If you can, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Tell me why it would work. We talk about James Harden. We're talking about James Harden on the Bulls. Tell me why it would work. <sighs> because Give me one or two reasons. Chat, this is for you all too. This is because y'all on Twitter. I see some of y'all names on Twitter liking this post. So I know some of y'all are in this chat. Tell me why it would work. Tell Shout me out Levante. Levante said, yeah, they made it 02 and 03, lost to the Lakers and the Spurs. Um the, the, here's why it can work, but what it would take. James Harden. If he comes in and is a facilitator like he was in Philly, opens things up for Zach Levine. It just does. Zach Levine is going to find the ball in good positions. He's going to be able to get to the bucket. He's going to be able to just – he's going to be able to be the Zach Levine that's a shooting guard that we wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. The only way that it works, though, is if somebody else takes a step. And that has to be either Kobe White or Patrick Williams. And you want to know what we haven't seen happen as of yet. Not to say it can't happen, but we haven't seen happen as of yet. Either of those guys take a step. Now, in theory, DeMar DeRozan now wouldn't be taking those shots. And so it would allow somebody else to take those shots. But again, that's if James Harden doesn't go out there and and sit there and try to be the James Harden in Houston. It's the only way that I think it works in a Bulls uniform. If Because here's the thing. If James Harden takes a step back and literally becomes a 15 and 12 guy, 15 points, 12 assists, uh, like, like he probably would win a championship. Because all of a sudden, all he's focused on is setting guys up. And you can't be you're not consistent enough in the playoffs to do nothing else. I don't care what Mus sitting there. Oh, in the playoffs, he averaged 20 points a game. And it, he scored 43, 45, 17, 11, 10. I, you know, the funny thing is, I have never seen him make it work without another all star big. And another all star swing. <laughs> If he's not doing the James Harden routine. So you look at Philly's setup, like there's no reason they should have lost. There's no reason they should have lost. Realistically, well, they, they, they have got, the most, they, they, they have the best team hurt. in the East outside of talent-wise, outside of the Celtics. Miami just had a freakish run. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dis, you know, I'm not disrespecting them, but like no one had Miami going to the finals. If you did, you was like, Oh, yeah, maybe you did go you buy know. a lottery ticket this year. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, like, no one had them going to the finals. What? Like, seriously, stop playing with me. If you did, I really want to know what you would smoke. I want to see the tech. I want to see the tweet. I want to see the proof before they got to the playoffs that you thought they was going to go to the finals. Like, I really do. Um, with all that being said, the interesting thing about it is whether he's traded or not, his whole game plan of trying to sit out or force him, that don't work under the new CBA. He's not only are they going to have the uh, opportunity to retain his rights if he sits too long. Yeah. He's also not going to get paid like all the stuff that players did seasons prior. He's not going to have the opportunity to do. So that's why I asked the legitimate question. Do you want that type of play on your team in the first place? Well, that's that's the main thing. It, and that's why I said what you said was a bar. Um, because to me. 
if I want a James Harden on my team, I want the talent, but I know what's attached to the talent, and that's not worth it. And it hasn't been worth it for like some years. It hasn't been worth it for years now. Yeah, you know I mean, like it just hasn't. So I, I'm 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 done with James. I, listen, I think the league is done with James. Don't be surprised if James Harden, if he don't show up in Philly and play, don't be surprised if the if there's not opportunities for him. And he'll be another one of those players we talk about where why isn't John Wall on a team? Why isn't so-and-so on a team? The reason these guys aren't on teams is because they're not trying to do it what the teams do. It, it doesn't suit their game. Listen, if Boogie Cousins right now is playing in Puerto Rico, and Stephen A. had a, a great point. He did this on a Paul George podcast. I don't have a problem shouting that out. That's a good podcast right there. I got I got to check out today's episode because I want to see that because they was coming with smoke. Hey, it's, oh, it's hey, a good hey, And Stephen A. hit him. He said, he said, you're a B-list actor. Why can you talk about sports more than I can? Hey, it's a <laughs> good pod. I'm not even going to lie to you. It's a good pod. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good pod. But this is a part of Stephen A. that I love the most because he actually stood up for DeMarcus Cousins. No reason why DeMarcus Cousins is not in the NBA. And how he's being done is wrong. Mind you, B- Boogie Cousins is younger than James Harden. Yep. Boogie is only 32. Boogie would be a top 10 center in today's league. If he could stay healthy. Top 10. If he could stay healthy, yeah. Right now, players like now, John Wall. I will say this, though. I will say this. You, It's hard to have a bench center because that's what he's going to come back to be that basically just don't want to play defense. Y'all know how I am with Boogie. Y'all know I love Boogie. Y'all know that's my guy. But I can't, like, I want to put you out there, but you're not the sixth man. I'm not going to put you out there just to be pure offense. And if you're my backup big, I need you to play D. And Boogie don't want to play no defense. Boogie's played some of the worst defense I've ever seen him play in his whole career the last two years. And it's because the lateral quickness ain't there no more. That's 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 the only thing I can give him as far as he lost why he's not on a team. He lost some weight. I can't. I don't want to judge him so harshly because the, the stint he'd had with uh, Denver, I thought he looked pretty good in the limited minutes he got. I think he had another stint. I forgot the other team he had another small stint with in the limited minutes he got. He showed up and showed what he can do. Um, in my opinion, he is not. All right, he's not going to be like a top ten defender. But I can look at him and say he can do what Vooch does. And that's not even a discredit to Vooch. I think Vooch is a good – Vooch is statistically a top-10 defensive and offensive center. Yeah, Boogie, Boogie Cousins can do that. Boogie ain't, though. And I think I, the thing is – I think the thing is, would you want to bring Vooch off of your bench? Not as your six-man. I also think the league – that's a good point. The league in itself, though – Like, is if different. Boogie is a six-man, I can get with my yeah, six man is my, my big. Man. He can come out there. He can give me 22 points. You don't have a lot of bigs to six men, but you know what I mean? Like, or on the spot. Can, he can come out there and give you, you know, the, the offense. On the defense, you got to have it, right? Like, realistically, as a backup center, would you rather mm-hmm. have Boogie or Andre Drummond? Boogie. I'd, I'd actually rather have Andre Drummond because I know he's going to go out there. He's going to rebound. He's going to defend as best as he can. And if he's not doing that weird Euro step, he's going to be able to get, get out there and still give you some of that offense. One, it depends on who my starting center is. That's a that's probably a good caveat. Well, there. yeah, if, if I got Booch, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm saying I'm saying as far as the Bulls right oh, now. Sorry. Like I got no, I would, want Bo- I would want Boogie. The main reason why is because our second unit always had issues scoring. I don't know if that's going to change this, second, uh, this season. 
uh, and Boogie is it gives you a anchor on that from a scoring perspective. Uh, does he give up a little bit on defensive? Yeah, but if you look at our second unit, Bulls have never worried about defense. We are a good defensive team. In fact, you've praised us as a top five defensive team at several points throughout the season, both yeah. our starters and bench. I mean, Alex Caruso has one of the highest plus minus uh, on the uh, the highest plus minus on the team, especially from a defensive perspective. Alex Caruso has, is, is, I'm not going to lie to y'all, this is crazy, but the numbers kind of back it. Alex Caruso might be the best defender in the NBA. Stats don't the statistics show it. Alex Caruso. I was gonna say best on the Bulls, but but yeah, Alex Caruso legitimately his on ball numbers, his on off numbers. It now as far as the offense, right? Like it's you know you, we I don't know how he gets such a high plus minus on the offense. I well I know how, but because like, we ask it. Well, yeah, because I know his, how his defense makes up so much of it. But we asking them to do something realistic, right? Like only the Bulls would get Alex Caruso in here and be like, hey man, if you could just knock down threes in the corner, that'd be great. Hey man, this man took like two threes a game before coming here. But Alice Caruso legit is he he's the best defender in the NBA. That's crazy. It's like a Tony, it's it's like a Tony Allen. Like you look at it and you be like, he's I don't like of, that. He's I will put him as a top 10 defender at his position in the NBA. I would say that. that. But that's the thing. And that's saying a lot because he's guarded Giannis. And Giannis's plus minus has been horrible. He's guarded like like I can put him one through five. Now you don't want him one through five the whole game unless you're Billy Donovan. But like he literally, legitimately might be the most versatile and probably the best. Like I can do everything with him. Yeah. Like and he actually shuts people down. Like I feel like all the time, last season, season before, we'd be like, "Man, we really finna run Alice Caruso out here versus who?" Jaron Jackson Jr. We ran Alice Caruso out there versus Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson Jr. fouled out basically in the third quarter. Basically, now granted, he do that every night, but still, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just one of those things where it's like you're supposed to get killed that night, and you don't. So I, I, that's it's tough to say, but yeah. It feels for, just wrong, for, but it's right. <laughs> just for content purposes, I know it's an abrupt shift, but I want to make sure that we get this in for content purposes, especially because we get to clip it up and I want your perspective on it. Taking it back to football, just on some random, crazy Monday-type news. We talked about Davin, Davin Cook going to the Jets. Um, again, I'm going I'm to I'm direct this at you. This is So put yourself on the screen if you're ready. Uh, one, what is your thoughts on Davin Cook being signed to the Jets? One year deal worth up to eight point six million, according to Shefty. Um, what is how does that put them on a map? What do you think ultimately? Like, give me your real thoughts. Thirty. I mean, seconds. listen, Dalvin Cook is still going to be able to go out there and and produce. Um, it's going to be less production than it was before, but now you're going to a team that has a better quarterback than you had before. Realistically, um, Aaron Rodgers is going to draw most of the focus, and so Dalvin Cook gets to go over there for. A little bit of money. How much you say he was getting? Uh, it's up to. It's a deal up to the actual figures. It's kind of be, but it's up to eight point eight million dollars. That's not bad for Dalvin Cook. Eight point six. Eight point six. Eight point six million. Um, the yeah, other thing you have. To, only thing I worry about with Dalvin Cook is, and I'm sure the reason it says up to is because they have incentives. It's incentives. Incentive. Only thing I'm worried about with Dalvin Cook is, is he going to be able to play a full season? Because I'm not fooled by him having a great year last year. A lot of times when a team when a guy has a great year that that year prior or has that fully healthy year, that's that's when it's time to cut bait with him because that's when you're gonna be able to get the best out of him. It's just we're at a point where nobody wanted to trade from him. Yep. So I, I'm I'm not surprised by that. I think he's gonna be an asset for the Jets, though. 
keep it in the NFC real quick. We got actually two things. Uh, well, technically, this is uh, well, yeah, we go with this Cowboys big day to keep Zach. Well, Zach Martin gets his deal pretty much. Um, uh, Zach Martin, that's a good deal. Good deal, 18 million a year. You got you down with that? I mean, listen, they <laughs> they need somebody to protect Dak. So I don't I mean it's that's Dallas. Deal, I, right? it, it is what it is, dog. Like that's one of those situations where it's like y'all will be losing in the first round of the playoffs. Colts are now signed as Adam Sh- This is a couple things. It's happened all the way. And we'll save one of the best for last. Colts are signing Ronnie Harrison to a one-year deal. Uh safety, Ronnie Harrison. Eh, but it was worth it. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. I mean, listen, they need safety depth, they need defensive depth. Um, Colts are Colts are basically in a rebuild now. I mean, they, they they're restarting everything. You you got better pieces to start off with, yeah. But you got to figure out what the heck's going on with Jonathan Taylor. Are you keeping him around? You got to figure out what the heck's going on with uh um, you know, your 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 receiving core right now. Like you got a lot of issues that's going on in that Colts uh Colts room, which is why I'm glad we're playing them this week. Absolutely, absolutely. I hit you with one real quick before we get up out of here. Um, Michael Orr, the 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 young man from the Blind Side movie, um, the real player, but who is depicted in the Blind Side, suing the Tuies, the family that adopted him, saying that they didn't didn't ever adopted him. All of that stuff, basically, uh, th- there's a real rift going on in the family. Do you? I, this ain't even about that situation because I don't know enough about it to have a real opinion on it. But don't you just hate it when the movie never lives up to your real life expectations? <laughs> your real life expectations don't live up to them. Because I ain't gonna lie to you. When I see stuff like this, I'm like, I'll probably now, legitimately now, I'll probably never watch The Blind Side again. Once I found out, remember the coach from Remember the Titans didn't act like that, and he only started acting like that when Denzel Washington did depicted him in the movie. I probably watch Remember the Titans like once a year now. I guess I, I want to ask this. Ultimately, why does it matter now? Was this family not pivotal in helping him get to the league? Like, like how much of the story is embellished? Because if he's saying their involvement in helping him get there was embellished, and you know, the caveat is, and they never, you know, well, he said that him. he said that before that the movie was definitely embellished. He said that a couple of times before that they embellished in the movie. Not, I guess, not. I don't know, right? Because it's like. They added to it for the the uh, um, dramatic effect, right? Like I think when when he ends up going back to like the crack house, looking for his mama or, or something like that, he's like that never happened. Like you know, like they depicted it like I was just out here wilding. You know, I had a bed before they depicted it, right? He said he, he had never had a bed. I think he said he had a bed before. I don't remember all the things, but he was like they definitely embellished it. But it's cool to see, and now he's basically suing them in the movie. He's suing them over the movie pretty much, basically saying that like they made all this money off of it and he didn't get none while a book came out too. But his brother is still rocking with it. It's a weird situation. All I'm sitting here is just like, hey man, like, no lie. I'm probably never watching The Blind Side again. I'll be honest with you. I didn't care for the movie in the first place. I thought The Blind Side was a good movie. 
Okay. I, I mean, I listen, it was a good, it's not worth you watching every year in the first place, dog. Like, why are you going but back? See, to I'm the same way. I'm the same way with Remember the Titans, though. Yeah, like Remember, Remember the, the Titans, Titans come was on. A better movie. It, it's a great movie, right? But but Remember the Titans comes on, and I'm just like, nah, the head coach wasn't this guy. Y'all, y'all made all of this. Yeah, you know I mean, and, which is why you ever think about Remember the Titans? Here's a whole side point, and we got to get up out of here because I gotta get on. <laughs> you ever think about the fact that Remember the Titans? Um, <laughs> how much football just cures everything, bro? Football cured racism in a city over the span of a high school football season, bro. That's eight weeks, bro. <laughs> okay, this makes it first of all, that's a wild statement. Now that I realize where you're going with bro, it. Bro, think you are, that. you are a shameless school. human being, by the way. Hey, bro, I want you to understand. Right. <laughs> you are a shameless human being. Bro, you, hey, is. Hey, if Pat was president, which, by the way, we hold no political parties and anything like that. We just want to keep put that out there. But if Pat was president, you know what his cure for everything is? More football. Hey, bro, bro, listen. More football. If we have 36 weeks saying. of football, they forget everything. <laughs> bro, that's what the movie said. Over the span of one high school football season. We had just Racism more football. was cured in this city, bro. Hey, hey. <laughs> it hey. took football and the Temptations and Marvin Gaye. That cured racism in this city, bro. <laughs> um, hello? This is President Biden saying, hey, Pat, what should we do? More football. Hey, bro, <laughs> football. <laughs> more football. football. Hey, hey, if you start football in June and you don't end it to August of the next season, just a year-round football joint, you might be there when it ends. Anyway, oh. we're gonna end on this one. Hey, listen, no, Zeke got to, got to the Patriots. By the way, this is I want to end on that one because you wanted to end it on Michael Orr, and I, th this makes sense here. It, it, if this is right by uh, Shotown, he says they're not giving him any of the royalties. Now that's messed up. Oh, if they're not giving them none of the royalties, that's I would sue too. If you're making yeah, all this money, I'm a retired player. And you ain't giving me none. That's messed up. And but how much are the royalties right? there? Here's here's the wild part. This don't even mean they beef. Huh? Like this, is, so so. It's funny because we don't see it one because we broke or broke ish right now. We're not broke, but because we broke compared to them, right? But like mugs do this all money. Mug, you think about how many people in like hip hop and stuff like that like sue each other just to have a third party to like deliberate what should happen on something and they just be cool after it. Be like, have y'all put that behind you? Yeah, it wasn't nothing, man. We just had a money dispute. Think about Bur uh, 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 Lil Wayne and Birdman. Lil Wayne sued Birdman for his whole catalog. He's still under cash money. <laughs> hey, man. We make the money, <laughs> hey, right? We good to go. Hey, they, pro they, probably, they probably like, hey, yeah, so I got a lawsuit coming. And uh, we're going to do that. Pass mashed potatoes, if you could, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time. Just don't ever make me have to sue you, Pat. Hey, man. Hey, one day. One day we wow, might be Wow, Pat. Court. That's crazy. One day we might be in court, bro. One day, man. <laughs> Apparently, that's the, the key to a good relationship. We sue each other once in a while. All right. Every, every now and then. Only if there's... A, first off, we got enough money to sue each other that something is worth over. We did something right. But only if there is enough money... To the point where it's like, hey, man, like we need somebody to decide on this. That's not me or you. 
I can see that. Me, we need a mediator. We need a mediator. That's really that. all it is. You know what I mean? It ain't got to be. Oh, I, we used to handle it the old school way. Me, you find the alley. We fight it out. We see what happens at the end of it. You understand what I'm frustrated about. I understand what you're frustrated about. Let's meet in the middle. It's a case of money in the middle of us. Like it's a cage <laughs> match for WWE. <laughs> hey, for the 114 people that just jumped in here, I mean, it was it went down to 83. Now it's 114. Apparently, y'all like to hear us ramble. So, uh, shout hey, out man. to y'all, man. We really appreciate you all tuning man. into this episode of the Daily Show. Uh, we're gonna end on that note, man. We've we've talked about a lot. We did not discuss uh, anything we didn't discuss this show. We'll hit tomorrow on the Daily Show, same time, same place. Y'all know what to do. You know who I am. Uh, P Kid, this is right here. The man, myth, the legend, Pat, the designer, right there. Man, creator of the Windy City Breeze, host of the Chicago Bears podcast. On where, where ESPN, what there you go. Listen, living out yeah. the dream, right there. Hey, man, listen, it's because yeah. of you all that we've made it this far. We appreciate it. So, man, if this is not, uh, if we can't say anything else, man, follow your dreams, hit record, make it happen. Good things to come. Till next time, the Chicago, one love, peace.